Welcome to the Elevation Basketball Podcast. Our mission is to grow the game with meaningful conversations with coaches from all over the world. Give us a shout out on Instagram or Twitter at ElevationBball1. And you can listen to all of our episodes of the Elevation Basketball Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify or Apple iTunes. Thank you for listening to the Elevation Basketball Podcast. Welcome back to Elevation Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Carver, and today I welcome in a very special guest, one of my best friends, Mr. Anthony Barringer. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Appreciate you having me on, Coach. Hey, I'm excited about this one. Uh, so as we start to get into this episode, let's let's peel back a few years. Uh, you and I have been very good friends for a long time. We we chop stuff up all the time. We I'm really bad, I guess, if you will, to say this, but uh, if I get an idea or something I want to run by, I want to make sure when I'm saying it's not stupid, <laughs> you're the guy I call uh, to say, is this sound? Is this the right thing to do? Uh, but um, I brought you in, I think, the the summer, before, right as the pandemic was starting, I think it was last March or April, uh, and we wanted to talk leadership, and I asked you if I could record it. You remember that? I do. I do. And uh, that ended up being my very first episode of the podcast. So yeah. now you're coming back for episode 24, I wow. believe. Uh, so it's been a it's been a fun year uh, of getting these podcasts off the ground and kind of doing it. I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of really cool people. Uh, but it's always good to catch back up with some of my really dear friends who I value their opinion and their friendship more than anything. So welcome aboard. It's good to be here, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode today for us. We're going to talk player development uh, and things of that nature. So uh, if my listeners are out there wondering, well, how does this guy know anything about player development? Let's talk a little bit about your background, who you are, where you came from, uh, so that people kind of understand that you do know what you are talking about. <laughs> so. Yeah, so um, I have been doing basketball skill development training since 2013. Um I've had the opportunity to work with kids as young as nine years old, all the way through professional basketball players. Um, had a couple kids play Division One basketball, um, and had kids run the gamut of Division One, Division Two, NAIA, Division Three. Um, I've worked with male and female. Um, I also coached in college for six years. Um, I was the head coach at Warren Wilson College, uh, where I where I played also for four years. I was an assistant there for a year before I was the head coach, and then I was at Mars Hill University for a year after I left Warren Wilson. That's a quite an extensive background, and like you said, you worked from you know youth league kids all yeah. the way up to professionals. Yeah. And I've had the the distinct pleasure of being able to sit right alongside and watch a lot of it. Yeah, uh, brought you some clients uh, in. I've spoken very highly of you. I've told many people, uh, I've seen a lot of trainers come and go, uh, and you're one of the best I've ever seen at it. I appreciate uh, it. And, and I think it's the realism uh, that you come in there with. You're not going to sugarcoat it just because you're afraid that you might lose a client. Uh, cool. You kind of tell them how it is, and you keep it real with them, and uh, you, you hold them accountable. Uh, and that, that's really a different thing these days. You know, everybody wants to coddle the, the clients, and they, right. they you know they're afraid that, Oh, this guy's paying me X number of dollars to come in, and I, I want to make sure that I don't lose that. And, and obviously, you want the money too. I mean, that's not we're not yeah. we're not stupid about it. But at the same token, uh, you give the kids the real information they need to hear uh, and stuff. So um, let's go backwards a little bit. Um, you just finished your playing career at Warren Wilson. You are a national championship winning player mm-hmm. at uh, Warren Wilson, uh, and so. How did that shape your kind of your mindset as it comes to not necessarily even coaching, but as in terms of skill development, player development? In regards to like, you know, you you saw you played at the highest level. Hell, you won a national title. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I'm gonna say this, it might hurt your feelings a little bit. I think if you're six three, six four, you probably don't play at Warren Wilson when you want to stay at a national title. You probably you're probably playing in, you know, at least a division one school, if not maybe even a power five, because I, I saw the skill set, but also saw that that grit, that grind, that mm-hmm. championship mentality, that look in your eye. This dude knows how to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you when you play at the highest level like that, that national title type level, you cert- you certainly experience things. You look around the room and say, okay, here's what these cats can do. Right. Here's what I can do. Now, how do I get my players to do that? How do I get right. my kids that I'm going to train to be able to get to that level? How, so explain to me like what you saw in those those days as a player yourself and maybe from the players around you that – 
They kind of shape what you want a player to look like. Well, a lot of that is is less about what other people did that I saw more about just what I've experienced through basketball. Mm-hmm. So with with every with every kid that I've ever worked with, the biggest key isn't even really basketball. It's it's learn using basketball as a tool to learn how to live life. So so the the basketball side of it, like I said, is just really a tool to help help the kids develop into young men and women. Um, now the basketball specific piece um, more so is I see what a kid can do. Um, and and then from there, we just build them out however however they want to be built and and how I see that they can how I how I see how far I think they can take it. So if a kid has a has a really good skill set coming in, my job is just to sharpen those sharpen those tools that they already have. If a kid comes in and let's say let's say they don't know anything about basketball, then it's then I go from my own knowledge base of past experiences, the knowledge that I've learned through playing and coaching and I just pour that into them. That's awesome. Um, Lavelle Moten from, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on North Carolina Central. Yeah. I got chills. Yeah. When you he, said his name. He's unbelievable. Man. But he talked about this very subject the other day on one of, on a tweet that he put out about you know the the trainers was training a nine year old or something, mm-hmm. and they it's like they're trying to teach this kid a move that the kid's never going to use in a game. Right. And it's like you know it's like this superstar. And and that's what I loved about your training methods. It wasn't it wasn't always like this fancy great stuff that right. that they're never going to use. It was things that translated into the game. Right. And and yes, you you would love to have more tools at your disposal to help make that transition quicker and faster, but in essence it's sweat equity. Yep. Uh, get in the gym, let's let's develop some simple skill sets right. uh and let's kind of pound that thing home. Right. Uh so talk about your philosophy on that, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, kids want to come in and they see Kyrie Irving make this dribble move that they'll right. never be able to make, but they want you to teach them that right. move. Well, but yet in your mind, you're thinking, nah, let's not, oh, slow your roll. Well, it's it's like you, you said it. You hit the nail on the head earlier. I'm very honest. So up front, first, so the first session that I ever have with any athlete that I work with is an evaluation session. And it's And I tell them, it's the most general workout that you're ever going to do. I don't do any teaching. I just want to see what you can do. So once I see what an athlete can do, we sit down and we talk out goals and those types of things. Um, And I tell them like, look, I'm not going to put two, three basketballs in your hands and do a bunch of stuff. I am what we're going to do most days. If you don't, if you don't already have it in you internally to like make workouts fun, this stuff is going to be really boring and the boring stuff works. And I, I, whenever I say it, I think back to the San Antonio Spurs. Like you think about when, when they had Tim Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker and those guys, none of those guys did anything extravagant. Like you never saw Tony Parker was inside out crossover floater. Ginobili was step back, Euro steps. Tim Duncan was right hand, left shoulder hook, fade away. It was all basic stuff. Fundamental yeah, basketball. It was all basic stuff. And that's and that is what, in my opinion, makes makes kids athletes better is the basic stuff. Um now once once you get to a certain level, yeah, we can put that stuff in your bag, but but you've got to have a solid foundation. And that's what it comes to, is just if if you don't have a if you can't do a regular crossover. I can't teach you a between behind hezzy jump shot. Like I I, I can't do that because you can't do the between and the behind and the hesitation individually. Exactly. And they don't need that anyway. Right. They're never going to be able to make that move in a game. So it's not going to translate. So in theory, they would have thrown whatever money they paid you away. It would have been a waste of, and, and that's the other thing is, you know, kind of going back to what you said before, like, Yes, it's, I mean, it's about making, you got to make money. I've got a family to provide for Mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I could care less about the money. Like, if, when a, when a, 
when a family comes to me and they say, hey, I want my kid to work with you, it's, I'm going to be honest with them from, from the beginning. And if I lose the client because I'm honest with them, then so be it. Like at the, at the heart of it, then me being, if me being honest with, with a kid and with a family deters them from working with me, then that I'm, I'm, I won't lose sleep over that because eventually somebody's going to be honest with that kid. Yes. And and it's going to be in a different setting than than I'm able to provide because in the setting that I'm able to provide I can be honest and still be loving and caring. In in other settings it's going to come out really cold and it's not then 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 the kids feelings are going to really be hurt yep. and the parents are going to be disappointed and I'm going to say eventually the truth comes out. Yeah. And if you can't play, you can't play. That's and, it. and some point in time when somebody is real with you and you're not used to it, uh, like you said, I think feelings get hurt and then people are like, they start blaming the trainer. Right. They start saying this. And, you know, it's like, I don't, if somebody along the line would have ever been honest with you up front and you don't need all that fancy stuff. Right. Uh, you know, to, to grind away. is it, And I think that's one of the best things that I saw from your workouts is you teach kids how to grind. Mm hmm. And grind, and some. I think something like what you said there was like it could be boring if you don't have something mm-hmm. internal in you that makes you drive to want to be better. Right. Uh, you know, one of the simple moves that I saw you make with some kids sometimes was a, just a simple little in and out dribble, uh, get to the nail, pull up, and shoot the little mid range yep. jump shot. And they did it over and over and over and over again. But they they had to learn how to take that move into like a, a different level of intensity. Right. Uh, and they, most of the time they would go through it and it was like, they were kind of half butt going through the motions. Right. And then all of a sudden at some point in time, the either you got in them or they kind of figured it out. They had to start learning how to, to, to put it at a different level. Right. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, and I, and I really truthfully, I, I have to show a lot of gratitude to Kenny Manigault. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, he was the first pro that I ever worked with. And mm-hmm. I learned so much from working with him that I've been able to take and translate with the kids that I work with. Mm-hmm. Because like when, when him and I first started working, I had that saying, like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. Mm-hmm. And he, he showed me that, like, I'm going to go when I figure it out. But, it, but I've got to slow it down at first so it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then I can go. So I was at that point, I was like, that makes sense. And then it took me back to when I was, when I was teaching myself how to play basketball, Mm -hmm. when I was, when I was teaching myself how to put these things in my bag. Um, Cause that's the other thing is like, I I never had a trainer. So everything that I learned on a basketball side really came from YouTube university. I get on YouTube Mm -hmm. and I look at trainers, I look at NBA players and I would just go in the gym and work on those things for hours and hours and hours. Um, but yeah, so I don't get on a tangent. So so coming back to what I was just saying, I'm okay with a kid or any of my athletes at first, like, okay, do the move slow, get to the spot, get your feel. Because once you get your feel, then you can pick up your pace. They may the athlete may not see it at first that they have their feel. So that's when when I see that they have the feel, then I'm telling them, all right, let's pick up the pace. Let's challenge yourself a little bit. And then they pick up the pace. And then and then at that point, if it's if it's still not enough for me, then that's when I get into the okay, look, this is not gonna work in a game because it's too slow. The move is great, the jump shot is great. Yes, you're making shots, but you're not gonna play at this speed in a game. So I need you to pick up the pace on this. Exactly. Um, a very similar situation to what you're talking about, and it's a, a person that you and I both know. Uh, I was coaching here, and I took a lot of pride in our skill development with our players, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt like we did a really good job. And it was, you know, grind, grind, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm screaming at them all the time, not like in a bad way, like you're always trying to right. make them go harder and harder. And, and I felt like the more drills I could do, and if they were about to throw up in the garbage can when the right. workout was over with, then it was I had accomplished a workout. Right. And, man, I'm going to tell you, it was a life-altering moment for me, really. Uh, one of my former players who was playing at Gardner-Webb at the time uh, was in town uh, during the offseason and said, Coach, can I get in the gym? I need to get some shots up. I need to get a workout in. Do you care to put me through a workout? And I said, Psh, love to. 
you know, I got a Division One college kid that right. was a former player wanting to come in and get me, let me work him out. Well, he says, I got a friend of mine who's a pro who's rehabbing a knee injury, and uh, he's late. He's allowed to start back workouts and stuff. He can't do anything five on five, uh, but we can do workouts. Can he come to the workout? And I said, sure. Well, man, my juices got flowing. I got a pro in my gym, and I'm going to work this pro out. And I crushed their soul. And when the workout was over, the guy comes over to me, and he says, Coach, that's a heck of a workout. I really appreciate it. He said, but that's not how pros work out. And I was like, oh, man, you're talking about my heart sunk. And he sure. says, you don't need 19, 20, 25 different drills. Right. You need to pick one or two things that are your skill set, and you need to hammer them home mm-hmm. and be very simplistic in what you do. He said, that's a good workout. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he said, that's just not how pros work. That's right. And I said, well, did you care to show me a pro-style workout? So the next day, they came back, and he put them through a pro-style workout, mm-hmm. and it was, hell, a third of the drills. I don't even know if it was a third. It might have been a tenth of the drills. Right. And they did them over and over and over mm-hmm. at a much simpler pace until they got it. And once they got it, then it was about competing yep. with themselves and the person across from them. But they would do the same move. Now, he said, like, I've got to make this move or I'm not going to get a contract to keep playing. Right. I don't need to make 27 moves. I need to be able to make this one move because mm-hmm. that's what I'm paid to do. Mm-hmm. So he would try to make that one move over and over and over again in different scenarios. Uh, So that's what I kind of learned from him. And honestly, until I met you, I'd never seen anybody else talk or train like that. And Mm. I saw that when I came uh, around with you the first time. It was the same type of mentality. Uh, So it was very refreshing for me to see that. And I was like, that that dude's got it. He's figured it out. Uh, I've sort of taken the same approach now with my team with – stuff is I try to go just we're going to do this one skill and we're going to do it over mm-hmm. and over and over again. I try to talk to our kids because I'm more team oriented in my training. Right. You're more individual oriented. Right. So I try to tell the kids, pick your A move, pick your one move, and let's go work on that one. But for one guys, it might be just a simple catch and shoot. For other guys, it might be a one dribble pull up. For another guys, it might be a step back fader. But I tell them, let's work that one move. Every drill that we do here, you're working your move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's really helped us uh, – you know, become better at what we do. Uh, but uh, talk about when you get a kid to come in and and you've you've done that preliminary workout with them and mm-hmm. you kind of, how do you lay out a roadmap for them? What's what's your end game for them? As far, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, in other words, you're going to make, you've got five different clients that come in. They're not mm-hmm. all going to be trained the same. Right. They're all going to have, so what, how do you develop that roadmap for each individual player? So a lot, I mean, it's all in, it's all in the programming. Mm-hmm. everything's in the programming so so what i what i do is i have like i said i, have, I do that evaluation session mm-hmm. and from that evaluation session <clears throat> i take i see what they do well i see what they don't do well and with every athlete that i work with i have three points of emphasis they've got to be able to hesitate well they've got to be able to change speed well and they've got to be able to change direction well if if you if you look think about any and I tell the kid this, or I ask the kid this question: Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite player? Let's say a, a kid's favorite player is Steph Curry. What does he do well other than shoot the ball? Well? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he shoots the ball. Obviously, he shoots the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe the greatest yeah. other than me that ever yeah. lived. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he'd be top three because I would probably be the best. But but like, he hesitates. Incredible. He changes speeds. Incredible. He changes direction. Incredible. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, LeBron James. Name the player. They do those three, those three things. MJ, the greatest who ever lived. Jordan, Kobe, yeah. Yeah. Chris Paul, who is my goat. Yeah. I just put that on on, on tape. Blacks. Yeah. <laughs> they all do those three things really well. Chris Paul may be the best of any of them at doing all of that. I mean, you you name you name the you name the guy. Or and, and you can go into women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabrina Ionescu, mm-hmm. I think that's her name. Paige Beckers, mm-hmm. like um, Cheryl Swoops, Don Staley. You name the athlete; mm-hmm. they do those things well. And so, I have I have really been been intentional the last year in particular. Everything stems from that. So we put a major point of emphasis there. And then it's 
Okay, it, unless there's no major change. Like, if I've got to fix a jump shot, then obviously those things take a backseat because those things don't matter if you can't score, if you can't make a jump shot, or if you can't make a left-hand, right-hand layup. Um, so if we're saying that they do those things, that they can they can shoot, they can make a left-hand, right-hand layup, then it's can you hesitate, change speed, change direction. Um, and then it, then it goes into what what do you do well? So, um, for, you know, the, the, the athlete, that's a three point specialist. We're not going to spend a bunch of time doing a bunch of ball handling stuff. Let's keep that really basic. Let's spend five to seven minutes, your basic ball handling. Let's make sure that you can, that if somebody runs you off the three point line, you can get into a mid range jump shot, or you can get into a, an escape three. Um, let's put our focus there. For somebody that is a three-level scorer, then we, we're going to spend a little more time playing off the bounce. What I've seen over time is most three-level scorers, they struggle with the catch and shoot. So let's spend more time on your catch and shoot because I know you can play off the bounce. Mm-hmm. Let's, 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 not spend, let's not spend a ton of time doing what you already do well. We're going to incorporate those things because we've got to perfect those things and put you in different situations and scenarios. But my job is to enhance your skill set. So, so long-winded answer to my roadmap is all based on what the athlete can do. Um, I'll use Kenny as another example. Um, By the way, you can thank me for that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so Kenny, when, when we met and I mean, yeah, I'll just say it. He couldn't shoot. Like, I mean, I won't, I won't give his numbers, <laughs> but he couldn't shoot the ball. And he was in Finland, um, and he had a good year, but he didn't shoot the ball well. So he, when he was getting ready to go to China, they wrote an article, and I'll never forget this article. They wrote an article and said that he was a lackluster pickup because he didn't shoot the ball well. They were like, he's super athletic. You know, he can dunk. He's fast but he can't shoot the ball well. Okay. So what we did that entire summer, and I have every single workout in my phone that we did that summer. It was all based around him making shots from three. Cause he, his mid range, I mean, his mid, he could shoot the mid range with the best of them, but the three ball just wasn't there. So we spent so much time working on his catch and shoot. And we would always go back to that article. And in the workout, I would, I would say Yep, that's that looks like a lackluster shot. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So a little salt in the wound. Oh yeah. So going into China, but we'll but we'll fast forward at the end of the year and the pandemic hit, so it shut everything down. Kenny Kenny shot the ball close to forty percent from three, and he surprised a lot of people, but he didn't surprise me because we put in the time and we were really focused in our work. There's no reason, there was no reason for us to spend 20, 30 minutes on a bunch of ball handling mid-range pull-ups. For what? He could do that. So we spent all of our time in him making shots. And it, like you said before, a bunch of different scenarios. So it may be transition threes. It may be um, drift to the corner threes. It may be catch and shoot threes. It, it may be threes after he, at the end of a workout, he's exhausted and there, there were days where we would come in and the whole workout up until that final drill that we would do would all be centered around getting him as tired as possible. So I would just wreck his soul and then he's got to make shots under time. Mm. So so it's, it's not just him making 50 shots. You got to make 50 shots in seven minutes. And if you don't, then there's a consequence at the end. So... Mm. So yeah, again, the roadmap is 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 very centered around who the who the athlete is, um, and then it's what they want out of this. Yeah. So like if it, it if has it, to factor in. Yeah, like if if somebody comes to me, um, actually, I, so I've got a I've got a sixth grade girl, and coach, I'm gonna tell you, she can go, flat out like, the most skilled sixth grade girl. Mm-hmm. Actually, I take that back the most skilled middle school kid that I've ever worked with. And 
she came in and and she her first her first workout, her evaluation, um, we're ten minutes in and I was ready to stop the evaluation because I saw what I needed to see. But I gave her another ten minutes. We sit down and talk, and she said she's got Division One aspirations. Okay, well our first workout, I put her through a workout just to see like could she do it, and she did it and I was like okay. Our next workout. I put her through a workout that I that I typically at the intensity that I would put my high school boys that may be getting ready to go to college through crushed it. I was Sweet. like, "Oh my goodness." So in that regard, our roadmap has start has shifted a touch because my thought is like she's in 6th grade. I don't want to like I don't want to wreck her right now. Mm-hmm. But she did it and didn't bat an eye. So now I'm like, okay, I've got to really challenge her because what on the flip side of that, like if I don't challenge her, then she's going to get bored and not in a good way. She's going to be bored, but not because we're repping things out. It's just because she's not being challenged. So, so um, yeah, very long winded answer to, (laughs) to it. It's, it's very player dependent. One thing, going back to that pro that I told you that came in and kind of enlightened me on the process and how it all works and everything, uh, this was several months later. You know, the player of mine that was playing at Gardner Webb had already gone back to school, was playing. Uh, the pro that we had worked with hadn't gotten cleared all the way to go back to five-on-five stuff yet. I don't know. So it's probably three or four months after that initial phase that we had those couple of days of workouts. And he called me one Saturday and he says, hey – uh, do you care to let me in the gym? I, you know, I need to get some shots up, get a workout in. And I was like, yeah, sure, that's no problem. So I think we got here around 11.30 or 12 o'clock. Uh, we just did some some shooting stuff together for, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 minutes. And I really had to be somewhere else that afternoon. Uh, so I said, well, I'm going to leave you in here to shoot. You know, maybe just call me when you're done, uh, and I'll come back. And, you know, I'll lock the gym up and, you know, everything. I said, but you're going to be in here kind of by yourself shooting. He said, oh, that's great. No problem. Uh, So it's probably 4.30 or 5 o'clock, and I'm at my house. This was late fall, so it's starting to get dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm like, well, I haven't heard from him. hope everything's okay. So I tell my wife, I need to go to the gym, make sure that he didn't just leave the gym unlocked (laughs) and left and everything's good. I come back in the gym, and he's doing the exact same (laughs) drill that we were doing when he left. Mm Mm-hmm. And he did it over, and he was drenched in a pool of sweat. And the drill was simply set the gun up, and he timed it right where he could do a, it wasn't a full god dang sprint, but it was a good run, a good pace. We had to sprint full court, come back down and shoot a catch and shoot three from the wing. Mm-hmm. And when he would make so many at that spot, then he would go catch and shoot from the corner. Then he would be catch and shoot from the top. And then mm-hmm. he would get, and he said, you know, i got to sprint into all these shots because that's what I do. I'm on the break. I catch and shoot threes. And he would do them over mm-hmm. and over and over mm-hmm. again. And I was like, wow. You're talking three, four hours mm-hmm. doing the same drill over and over and over again. But like he said, he said that's where I make my money. Right. Uh, so like I said to all of those folks that are out there that are, that are thinking they've got to do all these fancy things and all that stuff, know who you are, know what right. your game is. Know what is you. Know what makes you, and man, hound that thing till right. you become perfect at it. Right. Well, that's the that's the thing, man. Is like social media has has, especially for trainers, um, it's it's made it almost like a competition. Like you see this trainer on social media doing this thing, so I've got to go do something better than that person. Yes. And, Some gimmick. <clears throat> right. And at, at the end of the day, it's all about like what is going to translate. And I, so I personally spend time when I can, like if I have an athlete who is, let's say high school or in college, I spend time watching film on that athlete because that's even more, that allows me to be even more specific. Like what does, what movements does this athlete make? What what do they do well in game situations? What are they struggling with? And when I when I have the opportunity with high school and college athletes, I'm going to get connected with their coaches. So 
So what, like, what do what do you need this athlete to do well when they come in? I have I have a, a athlete that I'm that I work with now. She just left to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had an opportunity to speak with her coach, and I asked her coach like, what do you need her to do well? Um, as an incoming freshman, you know the it's a completely different world going from high school to college, especially when you are the the top dog because you go from being the top dog to everybody in college, especially at the division one level was the best player in the high school. So what do you need? What do you need this athlete to do? Well, the coach gave me the, the key points. So from the, from the time that we started working to the time that we left, that's where we focus. Like we don't, we don't need, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. She can shoot the ball. She can score. I like, so I need her, she needs to be better playing off of two feet. She needs to incorporate a couple different finishes. She needs to be able to sprint to the corner and get her feet up under and make shots. So that's what we're going to do. Um, you know, so my, my encouragement to, to trainers, um, trainers specifically, is like spend time learning your athlete. And when you learn the athlete, do what's best for them. Don't do what's best for you or what you mm-hmm. feel is best for you or what's going to look cool on social media. I personally, I don't even have social media right now at all. And I, I was one of those, I was one of those people. I've never been like the let's record the the kid while I'm while we're working because I get so locked into the work the the working part. Like I can't do both. But some people do that. And if that works for you, then great. As long as you can develop the kid, but make sure that you're doing what's best for the kid. Now, I remember the first few social media posts you did do when you were doing that stuff to promote the brand and mm-hmm. get your name out there. They were all of you introducing the workout, but they were hardly ever of the workout. Now they'll never be. And, and that was, that was, you know, it's kind of one of those things that it, you're right. It's a way different than most of the other trainers you saw out there. They're, they're sitting there blasting this new gadget and gadget they right. got. Uh, so. Well, and I, and the thing is, is like, I'm not trying to hide anything, but I've always, as a player, as a coach, and I would tell my kids this when I was, when I coached in college, like, if you're spending a bunch of time on, on Instagram and Snapchat recording what you're doing, then you're not really working. No. Like that's, that because if you have the energy and the, if you, if you can hold your phone and work out. Like you're not really working like you and you're not locked into what you're doing. No. So, yeah, very rarely will I will you see what I do in a workout. And I tell I tell my kids like I don't like don't don't record me during a workout. Don't I don't I don't need you to record the workout like I know what we're doing. You know what we're doing. And that's all that really matters. Um, I yeah, I just I've never been. I've never been keen on that and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm never going to knock the next person for doing what they do. Like that's what they do. Personally, I just, I, I get so, cause I'm very technical. Mm-hmm. So like I'm big on footwork stuff. I'm big on, on how are you, how are your hands? What, what's your positioning? So if I'm looking at you through a lens, I'm not looking at you live. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, Again, that that's my encouraging piece for the trainers. My encouraging piece for parents is kind of encouraging and some words of wisdom. Just because your kid sweats a lot doesn't mean that they had a good workout. Amen. Um, and, you know, what it comes to is, I mean, you could be in a really hot gym. Like I worked out at Fairview <laughs> yeah. Community Center. And if I'm in there for 10 minutes, I'm sweating. So if, if we work out for an hour, your kid's going to be drenched in sweat. But that that's no guarantee that, like, I put them through a good workout. And if you're a parent watching the workout, just because a trainer's showing a bunch of different stuff doesn't mean that it's the right stuff. Now, obviously, you, you've hired this person to develop your child. If you're not... There's there's a couple. This is kind of a two sided thing. If your kid isn't getting better when they're playing, then it could be that the kid there's a, there's something deeper, or there's something deeper with the kid. Like 
mentally they're struggling in a certain area or they're just not getting the development that they need. So, you know, that's a, I actually had a session last week. I've got an eighth grade girl who's, she can play. She's going to be a really good basketball player. She's not, things aren't translating from a basketball side. So we, we spent an hour workout. She shot 24 shots. And all I did was I was seeing where she was mentally. So, so she would shoot a shot. If she missed two in a row, I would stop the workout. What are you thinking? Dang, I got to make the next shot. Why? Why is that your thought process? Why is it, dang, I got to make, now you're putting more pressure on yourself to make the next shot than you should. And it, and, and it's a lot about the language that we speak to ourselves. So, you know, not only, not only am I teaching the kid how to play basketball, I'm teaching the kid how to think accordingly about themselves. Because especially as young kids, you know, you want to get recruited, you want to get a scholarship. So there's this pressure of like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do. No, really you don't because your self-worth isn't in this basketball. And that's something that I learned later in life. So I'm trying to give this wisdom to, to, to children and literally. And when I say children, I mean like 12, 13 year olds. So they are children. Um, but like your self-worth isn't tied into basketball. So as we're working out, I'm telling her, it's no longer, dang, I got to make this next one. Go get the next one. I'm going to go get the next one. And when you change the language, when you change your mentality, you change the game. Mm. Completely change the game. When you change your thought process, you change the game. So now you go from, dang, I got to make this workout. Now your shoulders are tense. Now you're, you're trying to overcompensate to, oh, I'm going to get this next one. Now your shoulders relax a bit. Your face relaxes a bit. You make more shots and you do things better. Um, and it got to the place where I told her, if you think a negative thought, you owe me a down and back. <laughs> wow. So now, so now we're, now I'm not telling her that she's got a down and back. Cause and it, and it started with, if you miss two shots in a row, you got a down and back. All right. So she missed two shots in a row. She's got a down and back. What do you think? I got to make the next shot. So miss another two shots in a row, down and back. And we did that for about 10, 15 minutes. She did a lot of down and backs. <laughs> so then I flipped it. Every time you make a negative thought to yourself, you got a down and back. She missed two in a row a few times here and there, but she made more shots because there's no longer that, that inner pressure of, I got to make this. And what I was saying to her was, like right now, the noise that you hear is really loud. You hear, the, you hear your parents in the stands. Her mom was in the gym. You hear your parents in the stands. You hear your coach yelling at you. You hear, the, you hear a bunch of stuff. The way that you turn down that noise is you change the way you think. So we went to her last like 10 makes. I just started clapping as loud as I could. And at first she was missing shots, missing shots. What are you thinking? She was like, that clapping is really loud. <laughs> and I was like, but why are you focused on me clapping? Your focus should be making shots. And so I told I told her about a story when I was in college, uh, kid, because I never did a bunch of talking when I played like to other team to other players. I would talk to my teammates. But there's a kid, he was talking, talking noise while I was at the free throw line. The official stopped, stopped the game and he was like, You need to stop. And I told the official, no, no, no. Let him let him talk. Because he's the reason they're gonna lose. So <laughs> I used that that negative energy. And I used it into something positive and they lost. Um, but I, I told her, I was like, that clapping, I was like, what do, like, why do people clap? That was a question I asked her. Why do people clap? She was like, was like, people clap when you do things, when you do good things. So use that clapping as positive energy, use it as motivation. So I'm clapping, now I'm clapping, she's making shots. I stopped clapping. She started missing shots. And I was like, so what do you think? She was like, I was wondering why you stopped clapping. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, so it's more for me, it's more than just the physical player development because, and it goes back to what I, what I said to you at the beginning, it's about developing young men and women because that, 
that thing, like eventually that young girl is going to be a young woman in business or whatever she wants to do in life. And she's going to have to turn down the noise in another arena. So she has learned that it's not just, she's learned to turn down the noise. The negative energy, I can use it for, for positive energy. People are talking bad about me or they're saying this or saying that. All it is is noise and I turn it down. So for me, it's so much more than just the actual physical development. And I tell my kids this all the time. You're going to get better at basketball. When you work hard. Just by being in the gym. Yeah, like when you work hard and you put in the time, you're going to get better at basketball. But if at the end of this thing, if the only thing you did was get better at basketball, I failed. And your mm-hmm. parents wasted their money. And Absolutely. and that's that's what I would I would love to see that in trainers, coaches, whomever across the board, because we're developing young people. So um yeah, I mean it, it's the 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 physical side of of teaching a skill is like I mean it's fun, it's gratifying, but it's it's so much deeper than just the physical. And when you can learn how to teach the mental, now you've got, now you got a kid that's scary. Yeah. Especially if you've got a kid that's like already kind of scary. So, um, I had an athlete. He's, he's a he's, um, he'll play in the NBA. I have as long as he does what he's supposed to do, he'll play in the NBA. When I met him, he was, he was a uh, he was already kind of scary. Added some stuff to his bag physically, challenged him mentally. And man, what he did with that, I'm the dude is scary. I mean, he's scary good. So um, yeah, I don't even know where I where that where I got that, where I came into that. But yeah, yeah man. Changing the mental side of it. Yeah. So I want to ask you kind of a maybe a an encompassing wrap-up question here with, with the player development. So you've been working with a kid and you've developed some skills and in your mind, their mind, these skills are transferring. But yet when you go and watch their play, Mm -hmm. you go to a high school game or a middle school game and you see them physically play and you, not maybe them, but you as their trainer go, it's not transferring. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking then? How do you fix that? What's, what's the process then like? Um, It starts with, Let's. I mean, I'm. I'll sit down and talk with the player. If we can, if we have it on film, that's incredible, because mm-hmm. I can show them. Like, I actually, I had a middle school kid last year. I mean, I worked with the kid for years, and he, the kid's super skilled, uh, but things just weren't. They weren't transferring. So, thank. And this one of the major positives for me as a trainer of the pandemic was because people couldn't be in the stands. Everything was on film. Everything mm-hmm. was recorded. So I got to watch middle school basketball games. I never watched it. Like I right. never like broke down a middle school basketball right. game. But I was able to break this film down and I actually sat down with him and broke the film down. Look, dude, this is what I see. So then what we do is once I see it, then we go in the gym and we work on that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, you don't handle pressure well. Yeah. So there you go. Probably number one. That's and that that's what I see a lot. Like kids have been, they're really skilled, but like when somebody presses into them, especially and I'll just say it as it is, like especially like a, a athletic black dude that's like mm. all in you and talking crazy and all mm. that type of stuff. Like kids freeze up. So what I do is we we actually went through a, a stretch where. Every day that he walked in the gym, we did zero skill work, like none whatsoever. Mm. He walked in the gym. We played one-on-one every day for like two months. So I'm I'm playing him one-on-one, and I'm doing what those kids are doing now. Yeah, and yeah I, I'm, I'm pressing into him. I'm pushing him around. I'm, you know, I... If I if I score a bucket, I'm talking crazy. Not mm-hmm. obviously nothing like disrespectful to the kid, but I'm just telling him like, yeah, you can't guard me. Blah, blah, blah. Like just talking, mm-hmm. just talking to him. Fast forward to the end of the year, they play the same team that was on film. Everything that we did in that workout translated. He he handled pressure well. 
when when people started talking, he didn't respond, and he played well. Uh, and that those are those are the moments for those are the gratifying moments. Yeah. Um, also, and for me, it was like all right, I because you know I I train now, but like. I don't do a whole bunch of playing basketball anymore. It hurts my body. <laughs> so, exactly. so like I'm playing, I'm training this kid two, three days a week. So I'm playing one-on-one three days a week, seven game series. And I'm, so I'm like, well, I'm, I'm glad that, that it translated because I don't want to keep doing no, this. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, man. So that's, I mean, that's basically how it goes. Like I, I believe that basketball is really simple. Uh, and when you, when you see a problem or when you see that something isn't, isn't working well you adjust and and it sometimes it's a trial and error thing um i mean i've I, i've done things over the years that looking back i was like oh that really wasn't good i mean the kid made the most of it but like i wouldn't do it anymore um but yeah that's that's how that's how i've done it in in the past um and not so far past like this was this past this past year mm. well I want to say this. I think I need to start calling you first. <laughs> and you're like, what? What does he mean by that? You were the first person, college coach, that I ever allowed to come to one of my practices and, and sort of evaluate, mm -hmm. less watch, actually evaluate, give me an honest feedback. You were the first person that I ever allowed to train my own daughters, especially my oldest daughter, Emily, because yeah. I didn't trust anybody else. Not when I'm a basketball coach and know what she's supposed to be right. doing, uh, but also realized that I could no longer take her to the level that she needed to be at, uh, that she needed somebody else, some a different voice, a different direction. Uh, so you were the person that I sought out for that. You were the first person that I reached out to when I wanted to start my leadership journey, where I kind of went on this crescendo thing of trying to find, you know, what commonalities do all leaders possess. You were the first podcast uh, that I ever had. Uh, and now you are the first live in-person <laughs> podcast that we've ever done. So uh, all the every other ones that I've ever done was done by Zoom. Uh, so this is the first one live with you sitting in the same room with me. Uh, nice. So you can you can kind of feed off that energy a little bit yeah, differently. Man. It's different than looking at a computer screen, but it's been real. Uh, and I appreciate everything you've ever done for me and my family, and especially Emily, obviously. Uh, you've been great. But really, for the basketball community, there's a lot of kids – in Western North Carolina that, you know, owe you a debt of gratitude for the, for the amount of time you've put into them. Um, and, and that unsung hero, so, so to speak, you know, that guy behind the scenes that, mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't necessarily get all the credit, but deep down aside, you know, they know, uh, that you were a big part of that. So I, I appreciate you, man. I really do. Uh, I lean on you a lot for advice. So thank you. Yeah, man, no doubt. And really, and that's, before you wrap up, that's the, that's the biggest thing for me is like, you know, I'll never take the credit for a kid developing or, you know, even my pro, like, cause again, it's not about me. I've accomplished everything that you can accomplish in basketball. I won a national championship. I played basketball at a high level. I've played against pros. I, like I I'm, I'm good on that. Like I don't need any of that, but to hear other people say that, like it's much appreciated. And mm -hmm. And I want to also, um, I have a debt of gratitude to Desmond Penninger because he, when, when I met him, I was trying to play mm -hmm. and he actually got me into the training side of it. So, um, you remember that pro I told you at the beginning of this whole podcast? Yeah. That was Desmond. Yeah. I, I think you probably knew that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was and, Desmond. You know, so. and, and, uh, so yeah, um. I, I owe a debt of gratitude to him for that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Uh, I appreciate you for trusting me over the years uh, with your players, with your daughters. I mean, that's a, that in itself, like, that's a big thing. Uh, that's a huge thing. When, when a, when a basketball coach of 20 plus years who, has way more knowledge than I do. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> allows me to to work with his daughters who are going to be really special athletes. Like I I'm forever grateful for that. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, tell the folks out there if they wanted to get in touch with you, coaches, parents, players, anybody. I mean, I, 
I think uh, one of the best things that, that I wouldn't consider it consulting per se, but in essence, it, it is a nice tool to have to be able to call a former college coach who's involved in a, the training aspect. Hey, coach, can you come look at my practice? Watch my practice. Tell me what you think. See what you think of this drill, whatever. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you as a trainer, some, if a parent wanted to reach out to you and say, can you help my child, mm-hmm. how do they get in touch with you? Um, you can you can email me. Uh, my email is info at 323pe.org. Or you could give me a call, shoot me a text. Uh, my telephone number is 704-726-7553. Um, if you text me, you're going to get me before before you would if you called me. Um, <laughs> Isn't that the day and age now? <laughs> yeah, well, and I, like, I currently, I have probably... 50 unread text messages, but I've probably got about 70 unlistened to voicemails. <laughs> um, but I, 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 yeah, if, if you, if you, if that's something that interests you, feel free, call me, text me, shoot me an email. I'm, I'm here to help. Um, that, and that's my, my ultimate objective. Um, my, my company is 323 performance enhancement. Um, I've recently shifted that to a nonprofit. Um, with the vision of just making really shaking the foundation of of Western North Carolina, um, not just in the basketball world, but just in general, um, I've got a vision to to help over ten thousand kids either get to college, start a business, whatever, just to chase their dreams. So, um, with that vision means that I. We there. It's it's a big it's a big and lofty vision, and I'm really, I'm really locked into doing that. Um, so, if if you're interested in any of that stuff, feel free to contact me at any time. Um, if and if if I'm not available immediately, I'll figure out a way to to get to you one way or the other. Awesome, brother. Again, I appreciate you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you. I'm sure we will cross paths at the golf course. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we will. We're down yes, with that, sir. ain't we? Absolutely. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for listening in to the Elevation Basketball Podcast. Thank you again to Anthony Berenger for being my guest today. Good luck to all you guys out there. We'll see you soon. We thank you again for listening to the Elevation Basketball Podcast. Give us a shout-out on social media, and we look forward to having you back again for another episode of the Elevation Basketball Podcast.